dear friends, and welcome to Rewoke, Rewriting Our Kids Education Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Person, and friends, we are on a journey. We are rethinking, re-examining, and re-educating ourselves and our children. I was speaking with some friends the other day, and we were lamenting about how useless pre-calc was, but how during our senior year of high school, they had us little naive 17-year-olds thinking that functions and graphs held the key to a successful life. Well, I am here to tell you that over 25 years later, they absolutely do not. But do you want to know what we should have been learning about? Credit. What it is, how it works, and why we need it. My guest today, Ronnie Francois, calls himself a credit hero and works with individuals and small businesses as a financial literacy advocate, educating them on the ins and the outs of the credit industry. According to financial blogger and personal finance expert, Aaron Lowry, your credit report and credit score are two of the most vital aspects of your financial health. How financially healthy are you? And oh yeah, are you woke? increasingly more dependent on credit to make purchases and other financial decisions. A good credit score is used for more than just getting a credit card or a loan. Credit scores demonstrate your history of paying your debts to entities that loan you money. But some employees are also beginning to run credit checks to see whether or not you can be trusted with company finances or other assets. If you have a history of not being financially responsible, you may run into problems finding work. Before you can buy a house, mortgage lenders want to know that you won't default on your mortgage. If you don't have good credit, the lender will consider it too risky to give you a loan. And if you are approved for that loan, your credit affects your interest rate. Interest rates directly impact your monthly mortgage payment or your car payment by increasing or decreasing the amount you are charged. Low credit scores will cause a loan application to be disapproved or approved, but at a much higher interest rate. So if credit is so important, why aren't we taught more about it in school? What should we know? Where should we be looking? Our guest today is here to help us answer a few of those questions. Ronnie Francois, thank you so much for being here with us today to talk about this important topic. Thank you. I definitely appreciate the opportunity. No problem. Like, so can you tell the viewers or the listeners right now, um, give us a little bit before we delve into um, all the important information you have about financial literacy and, um, you know, the importance of credit. Tell the viewers, our our listeners, why we should be listening to you. Um, How did you, what's your background? How did you end up in teaching financial literacy and credit repair? Um, So I got got in the financial services industry about 10 years ago. Um, I did about five years in life insurance industry. And, you know, because I always wanted to make a difference. I always wanted to make a positive impact in my community throughout the United States. But I got to a point in my life where my credit was bad. Um, it was so bad. I used to hope somebody would steal my identity. That's how bad it was. But, uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> that never happened. Because if your credit is bad, nobody's going to steal unless they just practice it. And I went through, like, a lot of trials, a lot of errors. And I got to the point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just sit back for seven or ten years because it has to fall off eventually. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I realized, you know, while waiting on seven to 10 years that I was going to have to get somewhere to live. I was going to have to get a car. I was going to have to, I was going to need credit along the way. Right. So there was no way of getting around it. 
And then, and I'm like, well, I could just kind of, you know, just live off the bare minimum. But then I realized that I had kids and I'm like, well, you know, me having bad credit will have a negative impact on my household, my kids and my family. So I'm like, you know what, well, let me get my act together. Let me do it for my kids. Let me do it for my family. Because that's what most responsible adults do, mm-hmm. they have kids. And but then when I found out, I found out there was just so many avenues about the credit industry. It was because there's over like 22 million people that do credit repair restoration, but I couldn't find the right one for me. And after like a lot of trials, a lot of errors, a lot of mistakes, about five years of studying and researching, I was able to get the credit game. And once I got it down packed, um, I've just been helping people throughout the United States, friends, family, strangers, read multiple books and multiple magazines, TV. I, mean, I lost the count on podcasts, but the whole point is I just want to share the message with the people, give them free books, free ebooks, free advice, free consultation, any way that I can make a positive impact. I was willing to do because I know the importance of financial literacy. I love that. And then thank you so much for stopping by our podcast to educate our viewers. And so my question is, during all of this research, when you were at your financial, your lowest, and as you rebuild and as you've been helping everybody, what, what are the top three mistakes that you see clients make in regards to their credit? I think the first one is the first acknowledging that you have bad credit. Because, um, you know, most people just think if I don't talk about it, if I don't out of sight, out of mind, that it's just going to go away. And it doesn't always happen like that. Mm-hmm. So first you have to admit that, hey, look, I need to say things seriously. I'm getting denied credit. I can't get my home. I can't live where I want to live. I can't eat what I want. I can't drive. So let me fix it. Mm-hmm. The second thing is to actually pull your credit and look at it. Uh, so a lot of people don't really know exactly where to go. Most people go on Credit Karma, and Credit Karma is not always accurate. They use third-party companies, but um, you know they don't realize that you could, through the free annual credit report.com, you can actually get a free copy of credit report. All three report once a year. Most people don't know that. So then you, know, then you have to look at it. And the third thing is taking the necessary steps to fix the problem. Because um, first, you have to acknowledge that you have credit issues. Second, you have to look at it. And the third thing is to realize that you need help with it. And there's like a million different ways that you can actually fix it or get help with it. So those are the top three things. Well, that actually goes right into my next question, because I think that a lot of people, a lot, a lot more people than I think um, that, that we care to admit recognize they have problems, but they just don't know how to at all address those issues. And it, and it can become kind of overwhelming if, if, if you know there's an issue. Uh, what I, what I, I say a lot of times is, you know, I have no problem solving, solving a problem that I know the answer to. So, you know, if I'm, if, um, you know, I'm, I'm an educator. So if you, if you are going to come to me with a kid who was presenting with a behavioral challenge and you say, Miss Person, hey, there's a kid in my class and I can't get them to sit still, I can't, hey, I can workshop that problem because I know I know what the problem what the possible solutions are. I know what we can try. I have a whole arsenal um, in my tool belt that I can try to help you work through that problem. But if the same teacher comes to me and says, hey, person, there's a pipe that busts in my in my classroom. Can you help me? My answer is no. I cannot help you because I don't know anything about that. I'm going to back away slowly from your classroom and I'm going to avoid your classroom. I'm going to call my custodian. If my custodian doesn't come up, I'm going to pretend that that's going to, I'm going to pretend you didn't tell me that your pipe burst because I don't know how to handle that situation. And I think a lot of us, we have no problem attacking the problems head on that we understand. Credit is so mysterious and credit has so many different 
facets that most of us, many of us do not understand it. Therefore, we avoid it. And, and so I am wondering in all the research that you did, what are some things, maybe three things that you've learned that you can share with us to help those of us who have no idea um, where to even begin? And you mentioned getting a copy of your credit report that, and then taking the steps. But what are the steps, I guess, to, to help you start fixing your credit? Um, the first step, once you pull your credit, is to analyze it, look for mistakes, uh, incorrect information, uh, derogatory items. But those stuff are like, they're like a weight. They're holding you down. Um, if you have a lot of negative items on your credit report, there's only so much you can do to build it up if you have all this weight holding you down. So, so gotta, let me let me interrupt you for just a second. So just so our, our listeners who aren't familiar, when you get a copy of your credit report, it's going to list all the debt that people have said over the years that you have owed. And the first thing that he's saying that you should do is go through it and make sure you recognize that debt. Because sometimes, and it doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes it does. Um, sometimes they debt will be attributed to you that you did not uh, that you did not create. For case in point, I had a cousin who got I couldn't understand why her credit was so bad. Pulled her credit report. Her guardian, um, and we, this happens all the time in in, in black families. Um, her guardian, who was with her, used her name to get utilities um, at a at a place where she they once lived. Then didn't pay the bill. The guardian didn't care, wasn't in her name. But when the when the young lady went to go get her own credit, she was falsely being accused of having bad credit for a bill that she didn't create. Had she not pulled her credit, she never would have known. So the first thing he's saying is make after you look at your credit, make sure that all the debt there that they're saying that you owe is actually yours. Okay, go ahead, Rodney. What else? What else do they be doing? And then before you even get to the debt part, you want to start at the very top, your personal information. Like you should only have one name one address, one phone number. Because if you have multiple name, multiple address, previous address, when the credit bureaus, when they go verify information, they're going to compare it to those old addresses. So if you if you if you stay proactive, you delete those old addresses, when it's time for them to verify the information, it's going to make it a little harder for them to verify the information because those old addresses not on your not on your credit report. So does you want to start at the top, your personal information, and then you go to the collections account, charge off derogatory item and you want to tackle those items and depends on the item if it's medical collection charge up or even hard inquiries there's different ways you can tackle those um so you know it just depends what's on it um, so once you tackle those negative items now you can add positive credit uh you know the simplest way of adding positive credit is going on as authorized use on somebody else's credit card so if you have a family member that have great credit with awesome payment history they put you on as authorized users. They don't have to give you a card. They just put you on. And in their positive history will actually shows up, show up on your credit report. But the thing is, if they do something bad on that report, it's going to have a negative impact on you too. That's why you have to get a responsible adult that has good credit. It's very, very important. And then, of course, you know, credit repair, credit restoration. It's not an overnight process. Sometimes it takes time, depending on your credit situation. Uh, it's not abracadabra. If somebody prompts you some abracadabra, they're doing something illegal. Um, so you just have to, I mean, you know, if you had bad credit for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, um, you can't expect to be fixed, you know, in three, four, five, six months. It's going to take some time. It's a process. I, I love what you said about the authorized user. That's a, that's one of the cheat codes that I think that a lot of people don't realize that they can use. I know for, you know, I, I had um, 
both my grandmother before she passed and my, my mom um, had some very, they, they had two cards. My grandmother had a ton. She lived on her credit cards, but was very responsible with them. And my mother has some um, credit cards that, um, that she has that, that are, that are seasoned, what they call seasoned, meaning she's had them for a long time and they're not major cards. They're store credit cards. Um, but I remember when my mother added me uh, as an authorized user to her Macy's and then her JC Penney's, Though, though being added as a seasoned authorized user on those very well-established lines. And they are, again, they are not Visa, Amex, MasterCard. They're just seasoned store cards. Um, it, it did give my credit a boost. Um, and that was just like, she was just tired of asking me when I would call her and say, mommy, can I have like, and so she would just like, just go buy it yourself. And it was easier um, for her to just like have me go to the store and pick out what I wanted. So that's what we actually did not even do it for the, the purposes of being an authorized user and improving my credit, she just got tired of me calling her saying, can I have? And so and the, um, the, the lucky for me, the, 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 uh, the extra bump I got on my credit was, was definitely well worth it and well appreciated. So thanks mommy. Um, so yeah, so authorized users are definitely a, um, a great, great well-kept secret in the, world of, uh, in the world of credit restoration. You spoke a little bit about the time that it takes and the misconception that people think that they can fix their credit um, overnight. Um, and I liked what you said, like, yo, you have to understand, you, you've literally, you've taken 10, 15 years mucking it up. I can't fix it for you <laughs> overnight. So can you talk a little bit about what should people expect um, in terms of how long it takes and, and how much they should expect to spend it or should they expect to spend it? Is, is this something that they can do on their own or is this something that um, they should be employing the, the assistance of a credit repair hero like yourself? Um, so, so, you know, there's a lot of things you can do on your own if you have the knowledge and the tools to do it. Um, so if somebody has the knowledge and the tools to do it, I would encourage them to do it. But if you don't, if you don't know the laws uh, from the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the do's and the don'ts, because most consumers don't, don't know their rights. Uh, most people have never heard of the FCRA before, Fair Credit Report and that, so they probably don't know the rules and the laws. And that's how my team, we're able to get negative items off your credit report. We do this thing called a factual dispute. We look at the negative items on your credit report, and we take the law that they're violate, and we're able to put a letter together for you for the dispute process to get started. So, you know, we have, we have a monthly plan available, because some people like the monthly plan. And then we also have the uh, this other package where you pay a, a certain a fee up front. And then we pull your credit, we analyze it line by line. And then we put a package tailored just for your need. Uh, and then so it's kind of like, you know, there is some stuff that you have to do on your end because just attacking just the negative item off your credit report, that's one step. But also, again, updating your personal information putting a freeze on a secondary credit reporting agency, adding positive credit. You know, it's like four or five pieces that you have to do to make it work. Um, so again, it's, it's not an overnight process. And it really depends on the credit bureaus too, because they have 30, 45 days to respond when you dispute an item. And sometimes they do it within a couple of weeks and sometimes they take the whole 45 days. Um, so again, that can take a little time too. So what if you were if someone was uh, saying, oh, my gosh, my credit score is a is a is a 625 and and my realtor told me I need to be at a 710 um, in order to be able to um, to to get this house. You know, I want I need to get a loan um, and I need a 710 if someone needed to gain, you know, I don't know, 
60, 60, 70 points on their credit score. I know you probably, it's a case by case basis, but ballpark in it. What, 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 what can people reasonably expect? How much time should they reasonably be expect for it to take to be able to boost your credit score? All right. So in a perfect world, um, I could take, you know, 30, 90 days to see some type of results, depending on the credit situation. And then they could be with us like six months to a year. Um, again, depending on the credit situation. But let's just say somebody coming to me, they don't have no negative items on a credit report. Maybe they got just a few hard inquiries. We could tackle those hard inquiries. They could probably come off within a few days, maybe like a couple of weeks. I could, I could send them some trade lines. They could put them trade lines, the authorized user. In a situation like that, isolated situation like that, they could probably see the score go up where it needs to be in like 45 days, maybe less. Again, it just depends. Because what really matters is like, if you have a lot of derogatory items on your credit report, so the, the less negative items you have on your credit report, the easier it is to build it up. Um, because if you have negative items, the first thing is to get those negative items off. And sometimes that can be a little tedious. Um, sometimes stuff come off the first round. Sometimes you have to dispute them two times, sometimes three times. It really depends. Again, that's why the factual dispute is so important because we're actually taking laws that's on the books and we tell them which law they're violating. And then if they don't respond back within 45 days, they would say, hey, look, you got to remove this negative virus because it didn't, because you did not respond in that amount of time. Then if they refuse, then we go over top of them and, you know, uh, you know, go after them for the violation. So it just depends. Because um, there's a couple of different avenues. There's a couple of different ways it can go depending on the credit situation. So I, for, for smaller issues, like, I mean, as early as 45 days, if it's a, if some, something simple, like just removing something as impactual and, you know, up to 90 days to, to maybe six months, um, even beyond that, if it's, a, you know, some really hard stuff that you have to get off. Um, so I think that that's, a, would you say that's fair, so, you know, a, a fair? Yeah. So the 45 days was a scenario like if they just had like some hard inquiries, mm-hmm. um, that was like the simplest, you know, like they applied for a credit card, they didn't get approved. Or maybe they went to the dealership, they ran the credit like 20 times, you know, something like that. Because those hard inquiries, they're not impossible at all, but they, they can come off pretty easily if you know the right method. Mm-hmm. And then adding a positive credit, because when you add a trade line, sometimes it could take 30, 45 days for that trade line to actually start reporting mm-hmm. on your credit report. So what I'm hearing, uh, um, just like me, family, is um, you need to start looking at your credit probably three to six months before you decide you want to make a big purchase, because it's going to take you a little bit of time to make sure that everything is in order. So I hope that that's what you guys are reading in between the lines here. Like this is not an overnight process, unfortunately. And we have to do that because no one teaches us this stuff in school. So, again, we're here on Rewoke, which is rewriting our kids education, because and the reason I brought you on is because I wanted to talk about um, good grief. You know, like what what should we be talking to our children about um, in terms of financial literacy and credit so that when they walk into the dealership and you, you talk about this, um, Ronnie has a book and we're going to drop some information about um, one of his ebook. And he describes in his ebook, um, you know, walking into the dealership and being excited because he knows what car he wants. He's done the homework. He has picked out the model. He knows how much it costs. He has figured it all out. And he walks into the dealership and he can't get the car um, and he can't get the car because his credit is messed up and nobody ever explained to him how much of an impact not having the right kind of credit was going to have on him being able to get the car that he wanted. Um, And so my question is, how many of our kids are going to go through that very same exact thing? 
They know what they want. They've done the research. They, they've made sure they have the money and savings so that they can put a down payment on. They know that they can afford it. And they walk into the, 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 the loan office or, you know, the, go to the finance people and, they're, and, and, they, and all of a sudden they're like, what's a credit report? What do you mean I can't get it? What do you mean my interest rate is not the advertised 0.5% and it's like 12.9? What do you mean that I need a co-signer? Like, like, what do we do? How do we begin teaching our children? How early should we be talking to them and what should we be talking to them about? Um, so when my son, when he, cause I got two amazing kids. Uh, my princess, she's 16. Uh, the young prince, he's 12. So I started talking to him about credit at a very young age. When my son, when he was nine years old, we used to go to neighborhood apartment complex. Of course, it's pre-COVID, of course. We would talk to people about credit, knock on his doors, give him flat. So he was already engaged at a very young age. And then when I wrote my first book, Break the Cycle and Deliver Bad Credit, you know, he read a couple chapters and he thought it made sense. At that time, my daughter, I think she was 15 at that time. She actually read it and she actually wrote me an essay. Because I was like, hey, I need you to read this book. I need you to write me an essay on the book. Because I want to make sure it was simple enough that she could understand it. And then I had some friends that's, you know, like in the 30s, 40s, where one friend, she actually read the book within six months of just reading the book. She was able to, you know, position herself, get a house. So uh, my honest opinion is really dependent on the kid. But I would say probably like 11 years old because that was around the time that my son, you know, started reading my book. Um, and another thing that's important, um, sometimes as parents, you know, we'll tell our kids to do something, but we won't explain to them why. Uh, say me, for example, like, when I was younger, my, I give credit to my older brother. He used to always say, like, you have to pay your bills on time. You have to pay your bills on time. But you never say, hey, look, paying your bills on time is 35% of your credit score. Maybe he didn't tell me that because he didn't know. But if he had to broke it down to me like that, I'm like, oh, 35%, that's a nice big chunk. Now I know why I have to pay my bills on time. So if we explain to them why they should do it and the benefit of it, it'll make it a little easier for them to understand. Because um, with kids... You know, they might not always do what you say, but they're always watching what you do. And some of you just take the time just to break it down to them. That will make it really, really simple. And of course, credit, something that's born, it's not fun. Nobody likes to talk about it. But you have to, I mean, you know, as parents, we have a gift that we understand our kids. So we know how to deliver information to them in a way they understand it. So just make it part of daily conversation, you know, just going to the park, going to the library, you know, just asking them, you know, count stuff, you know, giving to them in their allowance. But you have to make it part of the daily conversation. And I think that's the thing a lot of parents are not doing. They will talk about it every now and then, but it's not like a regular thing at the dinner table or nightly thing. So you have to, if you make it part of the daily conversation, I mean, it will stick with them a little bit longer versus just mentioning like every, you know, five or six years mm-hmm. or whenever the bills do you, when we get the credit card bill, just make it part of the daily conversation. They're probably not going to retain everything, but they'll remember the meat and potatoes when it comes to making those decisions as they get older. I love what you said, like starting young. I love it because I, I think a lot of people um, don't give 11, 12 year olds credit. You know what I mean? But when, when you, that's like, that's middle school and, and middle school is, is when you are beginning to understand the world and your place in the world and you're beginning to think critically um, and so I think that 11, 12, 13 years old is a perfect time to start explaining to, uh, to a child how the world works. And the other thing that I love that you said is and, and take the time to explain the why. Um, my mother, similar to your brother, um, would always make sure she was really big on, you know, I always pay, I, the pay my bills on time 100 percent came from her watching her make sure that she would pay her bills on time. And, and you know, she would freak out if she thought that she couldn't like it was a big deal. But, but I never understood why. 
Um, and, 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 and maybe, and like you said, maybe your brother didn't exactly, couldn't exactly articulate that it was because if you don't, it will affect your ability to get credit in the future and by 30, it'll adjust, uh, um, affect your credit score by 35%. Guaranteed she didn't know that. She, I mean, she might not know that right now. I'm going to have to call her after I get done recording this. Um, but like, I think that those are the types of explaining the why um, and also talking to them young. I think both of those are very, very um, important things that we can do to help um, begin the, these very important conversations. Do you have any other um, uh, resources or um, classes or uh, books that you recommend that parents use to, to talk to their children about credit and um, the importance of financial literacy? Um, I would recommend they can always get one of my books, I said the first one on, because it's called Break the Cycle. You don't have to live with bad credit because I felt like when it got to me, it was my turn to break the cycle. It was my turn to break that generational curse. So get that book. It's about um, 90 pages, maybe about like 30, 35 pages of like just meat and potato about credit. And that way they can break it down to the kids. They can tell them the five components that make up your credit score. They can tell them, you know, 30% is your credit losses. They can tell them like little little micro, little mini bites that as they get older, they can they will retain those information. And also my second book, The Ten Credit Commandment, which my two kids are contributing author in that book. Uh, both of those books are very, very informational. Again, you know, some parents have kids that are like little baby geniuses. You know, they might have a four-year-old that can comprehend a book like that. I mean, I don't know. You know, kids are getting smarter and smarter. So it just depends on the parents. But I would definitely say get those books. And, you know, just break it down to them at the level of their understanding. And as they get older, um, you know, they'll understand the book even better. Where uh, where can they find those books? Oh, both of my books, both of my books on Amazon, um, you know, and then also the ebook is also available too. So what I would do for you for one of your guests, you know, whoever you select, I would actually have my assistants send them a free autograph copy of and any one of the books that they choose. Okay. Uh, give us the two financial names of the two financial books again, so they can, um, so we can link them in the, in the, in the, the show notes. Break the cycle. You don't have to live with bad credit. And then the second book is called the 10 credit commandments. And then, you know, they can, they can look all my books about my name, Ronnie Francois. Okay. It's very, very important. Awesome. Thank you. Ronnie, I want to thank you so much today for coming by and talking to us and, and giving us this information about the importance of credit and starting talking to our kids when they're young. Um, I, I know I got a lot out of it and I hope that our listeners did too. Thank you so much for coming today. Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate the opportunity. Get a copy of your credit score. Check it for errors. Start talking to your kids young, 11, 12, 13. Explain how credit works and how they can make sure theirs is strong when the time comes. Together, we can make sure that our kids are better prepared financially than we were, and that they have all the tools at their disposal to build a better tomorrow. Thank you again to our guest, Ronnie Francois, and thank you for listening. Show notes and resources and the things we discussed are available on our website at www.justlikemepresents.com. Share this podcast with other parents and educators in your circle, and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you like what you heard, leave us a review. Reviews help others discover our show and begin their woke journey. Have a great week, and remember, if our children can see it, they can achieve it.